Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Aintibar, Aintibar, which is, of course, Arabic for actor acting. I'm sure we've done is that it one really? before. I don't Aintibar, know. Aintibar, I'm, I'm sure we've done it before and I've made a mess of it before. So uh, our apologies to our Arabic listener. Um, uh, <laughs> um, it is, of course, a momentous 48 hours, 80 years ago in June 1942, that saw the fall of Tobruk to German forces under Erwin Rommel with 25,000 Allied soldiers going into the bag. Rommel was promoted to the rank of field marshal as a re- reward for his success. I bet he got a few quid, as well, a few Reichsmarks as well, didn't he? Because they yeah. Hitler tended yeah. to bung people money if they did well. And yeah. in Europe, Vichy and Prime Minister, yeah, yes. And in Europe, Vichy Prime Minister Pierre Laval told the French nation, "I would settle, wish for a German victory, because without it, Bolshevism tomorrow would settle everywhere." Well, this was the Travail Obligataire, and it was done yeah. on the on the anniversary, two year anniversary of the. Um, of the armistice, which, as you can imagine, was not a really good political move. Timing. I, I just feel that Laval didn't really have the political instinct, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, didn't have, I don't know he had any options, really, did he? And he was playing a very thin deck. Anyway, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. Um, no, I mean, June 1942, for the... It, Big month. Well, well, big month, and also, you know, you think of you think of 1942, where 1942 starts and where 1942 ends. Yeah, um, it's, it's uh, a tale of two years. It, it, it really is in the one. turn the, <laughs> in one exactly. The turnaround is gigantic, and if you were a declinist, you could take two thirds of 1942 and go, look, you see, there it all is. That's yeah. all you and, need. And, and that, it has been said. Let, let, it's been done. Let's face it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if you're of the non-declinist, you know, once the Allies get their act together, um, school. Um, because uh, I think I fall in. I think I, I think I fall into that camp that the Allies are really rubbish to start with. I, I, I just I, I, see. I don't think they're really. I think they're. I don't think they are. I think it's the <sighs> army command in the desert is rubbish, which right. I don't think is quite the same thing. Because I think actually the kit they've got is pretty good. Got you know they've got six pounders. They got you know grants. They've got they've got. 25 pounders they've got really yeah. good they've got really good guns they've got plenty of 3.7 inches in yeah. the delta in yeah. egypt which could yeah. have been used in an anti anti-tank role which should but have been weren't. in the desert yeah but weren't they've yeah. got most of the men are pretty well trained they're pretty pretty up for it good commonwealth forces smattering of south africans smattering yes, of but mor- new but zealanders mor- australians but morale is morale's like a rubber band sort of that's the problem the and, the, and why is it like a rubber band it's because it's because they're led by by idiots. <laughs> and, and, you know, people you just been, don't have a clue. You haven't been reading Francis Tuca lately, have you, by any chance? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no. He says, picking up Approach to Battle by Sir Francis Tuca. Snap. Um, <laughs> My copy uh, was originally owned by John Y... No, John G. Holland's BHQ 80 to 90 battery, 88 battery, first field regiment, RA, 4th Indian Division. Oh, that's interesting. Mine doesn't, mine doesn't have a... Um, mine's from the... Uh, Kent County Library, Kent Council, Kent Education Committee came from the li- second half of the library. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to belong to anyone. But I mean, it, it's. The, I, I wonder how we get this back into print. It's a gripping read. Yearly, well, we've written. We 
Yearly we've ridden the Jabel stakes. Yearly fought back on our course. Yearly we've made the same silly mistakes, overridden a failing horse. At a fence too stiff for his strength to leap, with a rotten takeoff, unfirm, too steep, heavily breasted the top of the bank. Poured, gasped and struggled, then hopelessly sank, shocked, hurt and surprised at the t loss we took, rolling back down the ditch at Tobruk. The Jable Stakes, 1942, 41 by um, yeah, uh, Francis Tuchet. I mean, that, that's, yeah, I mean, that's terrific. But but the beginning of chapter six, I think, yeah. is, is you know, you, you can see that, that Gertie is, that's his nickname, yeah. wasn't, um, wasn't mincing his word. If the approach no. to battle is good, the battle is easy. The Battle of Gazala was opened by Rommel attacking on the 27th of May. This was one of the worst fought battles in the history of the British Army. <laughs> And it's hard to disagree. I, every time I think about Gazala, and I've written about it in books twice. Yeah. Well, three times if you consider yeah. um, the yeah. Ladybird experts as well. It, yeah. it, it, it's a hard experience. It's tough as a Brit to kind of be able to write this because you, you have to just put your hands up and go, that was a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. the football team that's got all the stars. They're yeah. turning up against Iceland and they lose 3-0 because they're just not coming to the party, even though they've got all the... <laughs> They've got all the support staff, all the training, everything that says it should be five nil the other way around. But I mean, what's interesting though is 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 he is Tuka is um, you know he's convinced that Orkinlek is the greatest fighting general the British Army ever had, isn't he? And well, he I'm says not he's the, right about everything. Well, well, nobody says Orkinlek fights Rommel to a complete standstill, right? Yeah. Um, and then he's sent back to a desk. Yeah. And he and he says, if only Orkinlek had, had had stayed, you know, if 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 he if he'd stayed and if he'd led his army, then Rommel would never have made any of the gains that he made at Kazala. If 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 if, if the Orc had been, he calls him the greatest fighting soldier, the British fighting general, the British army ever had. The only person to have scored a, scored a victory against the Germans in in British High Command. He goes on and on about it in this tones in this in this same book, and then says, and then of course he's sent to his desk and he's gone, and and Richie takes over, who he almost doesn't even name, which I think is really really um, he, he can't bear he to. can't bring himself to say it, which I think is which I think is sort of fascinating. Well, I think the, I, I suppose the thing about I mean let, let's be kind to Orkinlet for a bit because yeah because. The enormity of the Middle East command yeah. is is a massive burden. Well, yeah, because the... Middle East command is not just Egypt; it's also East Africa, yeah. it's also Sudan, it's also yeah. Iraq, Palestine, Jordan. Yeah. Um, but that's um, that's that's Tuka's point, though, isn't it? Is that yes, you've, it got, is. you've got a brilliant fighting soldier, and you give him basically a staff job. Yes, you give you give him an over, overseas well, overseeing think... role. You know. Yeah, and I think that I think that was a colossal mistake, and I do think he's a, he's not a bad fighting general. And, and after all, you know, he does quite well at the first battle of Alamein. And of course, once he's given the TikTok, once he's fired, yeah, um, he's, you know, that command is broken up. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. Here we go. Orkinlek was bred for the battlefield, and there should have been, and, and there he should have stayed until he was worn out with fighting. This is page nineteen. Um, 20 other generals could have conducted the affairs at G of G GHQ Middle East, but it is doubtful if we then possessed one other man who could have successfully fought the battles of manoeuvre, which in any case were yet to come in North Africa. He had, in most adverse circumstances, given Rommel a hammering that that capable general would never forget. Surely common sense and the national interest dictated that if Rommel was ever to be fought again, he should be fought by the man who had already lowered his colours, who had once shattered his confidence in himself, the man who had defeated him. 
Well, I, that's not a. I mean, I don't entirely disagree with that at, at yeah. all, to be honest. And and yeah. and had Orkinet just been left to command Eighth Army, it probably would have been a very very different story. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't think. Um, Gazala would have happened, and yet no. he allows Richie to create the Gazala line. He doesn't stop him, and I, and and it, and it is it is the orc who who appoints Richie. Yeah, and and obviously making appointments isn't being a brilliant fighting general. That's that's more of an admin job. But I yeah. think so. I think you can argue that, that as Chica does, that he's a good fighting general, but yeah. a, but a hopeless des- you know pen pusher. I mean, I mean it's um. Duca, Duca, though, thinks the whole thing's rotten, though. He, I mean, he says, one yeah, recollects, what it is. He says, you know, one recollects the motto for our work at the Camberley Staff College in the mid-20s was speed with accuracy. And that was a very good motto, so long as one learned to put speed first when on the battlefield. One's own advice to one's staff or commander is 75% right, and in time is better than 100% right. So he's saying, basically, there's this sort of, you know, p- people bad at drafting orders, wanting everything tidy, not being prepared to make decisions is is is, is the thing that Tuka also is concerned about that they've they've got this Gazala line plan and they're stuck in it. No one's yes. got the no one's got the whether it's whether they've got the initiative or whether they feel that they've got the latitude to 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 um change it. I mean, basically, his whole thing is that the division is the division is your you know your your battlefield molecule, isn't it? And anything smaller isn't isn't up to the job. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, well, no, I think that, we should we should explain explain what yes. is going on. Yes, why not? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So everyone well, talks we, about the Jebel Stakes, and the Jebel Stakes is this, this idea that the, the the territory in the North African campaign, on one level, doesn't really matter because yeah. I think it's just there's not a lot in it. Yeah. Um, so to a certain extent, it's sort of slightly academic. And what happens is yeah. it sort of ding dongs back and forth. And in the summer yeah. of 1941, Wavell is in command, and he launches an attack to try and put. Well, first of all, the, the British in, in Launched their attack against the Italians in yeah. December 1940s, Operation Compass. They pushed yeah. the Italians all the way back out of Egypt, all the way across Libya, around the kind of bulge of Cyrenaica, which yeah. includes Tobruk and Benghazi and yeah. Surti, all these places that we've heard uh, in the And this news is stories. O'Connor, of course. And this the, the, is Dick O'Connor. Yeah. And then in April 1940, um, in February 1941, rather, yeah. um, Hitler sends Rommel with first two divisions and then a third division, yeah. which is the Africa Corps. Yeah. And his instructions are to stay where he is and, and just defend it and make sure that, that the Allies don't push all the way through to Libya and get Tripoli, which is at the western end of, so of it, Libya. It, so what you have there is orders from Hitler that make sense. I just want to yeah. I just want to flag that <laughs> yeah, up for yeah, the yeah, listener. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we found a we found a peculiar <laughs> moment in uh, German military. Uh, Hitler um, actually makes the right decision. He actually makes the right decision. But the beauty of it is that it, Rommel ignores that and then goes on the offensive. And pushes Eighth Army back very quickly. And the reason yeah. Eighth Army goes back is because they've just diverted half of half of yeah. what was then the Western Desert. It wasn't even called Eighth Army at that point. The Western yeah. Desert has been diverted to Greece because the Germans have also yeah. invaded the Balkans and Greece at the same time. Yeah. So shorn of their number, which is a terrible, rest- terrible decision by Hitler. There we go. Just to just to restore <laughs> just to restore the balance. <laughs> which is a terrible. Just, in, just yeah. in case you thought he was getting good at this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a really bad idea. Um, but, <laughs> so then. Um, and in the process of pushing pushing the Western Desert Force back, O'Connor gets taken prisoner. Yeah, and um, Neem, and I think it's yeah. it's either O'Connor's or Neem's goggles, which Rommel takes off him and then wears yeah. on his cap for the rest, yeah. evermore. Um, and then in the summer, Wavell tries to then counterattack again, which is which is um, Battleaxe. Yes, and. 
makes a small amount of ground, but doesn't relieve Tobruk, which has been yeah. captured in yeah. March, uh, April, I think, 1941. Yeah. And Tobruk is uh, is besieged. It hasn't been captured. It's besieged. That's right. It's been yeah. it's been skirted round, yeah. and it is besieged. So this is the siege of Tobruk. And then later on, in the then, then Wavell gets sacked. Yeah. Orkinter takes over and mounts this massive offensive in November 1941, which is pretty successful. Crusader. Brook, Operation Crusader. It's a, well, it's not just pretty successful. I mean, it, it, it's arguably um, – uh, it, it shows that everything works. It shows that you can attack. It shows that the kit, the kit is still up to date and good enough in the different – because, after all, what, what, one of the massive issues in the desert is that, is that you, you've got kit that's essentially been designed – essentially been designed for fighting in Northwest Europe with, and yep. now you're fighting in a different terrain, which, which puts diff, which emphasizes different pros and cons to your weapon system. Yep. So range, for instance, yes. is suddenly a massive issue yes. because you've got wide open spaces with not very much cover. And the range of the range of your artillery really is the thing that suddenly becomes yes. the, the matters more than anything else. Yes. But the, it's but, no longer the tank is the anti-tank gun is the preeminent yeah, but, but, weapon. And the, the, and, the, and, and the range of the anti-tank gun and what the anti-tank gun can achieve without cover, basically yes. Is, yes. Is, is what it suddenly all becomes about. Yeah. And, and yet they do. And yet Crusader arguably it, uh, there's a, there's a big wobble in the middle of Crusader, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but, but arguably it's a, it's a successful battle for the British, but what they draw from it morale wise is oh god the Germans are very difficult to fight our kit our kit isn't very good um, our tanks aren't reliable our anti tank guns aren't very good they, they they draw an extraordinary set of conclusions from what is essentially a victory don't they which is I well think, I think but but isn't which the, is really uh, interesting isn't it it is really interesting but I think that I think the you you have the seeds of that dissatisfaction that dip in morale in Crusader. At the end yeah. of the Crusader, because it's yeah. been a really bloody brutal affair. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the whole battle, and also it is it is like a sort of it's ships maneuvering on a sea because it's yeah. th- there's no hedgerows and there's no towns and there's no villages. Yeah. And it's just a wide open nothingness. Yeah. It feels like you're sort of maneuvering around on a sea, and so the battlefield is is just pockmarked with burnt out tanks and yeah. and so on. But I think where the morale really takes a dip is is that Crusader is seen as this monumental effort. And it was supposed to completely rout the Africa Corps and their Italian yeah. allies. Yeah, and it's and it's a victory in so much that it pushes them back. Tobruk is relieved, but it it isn't conclusive. It isn't yeah. the kind of yeah. It's it isn't nearly, definite. Nearly, but not quite. It's a nearly, but not quite. And what and then happens in the early part of 1942 is that Rommel then counterattacks again. Yeah, well, he has and a pushes sort of them back. He has a sniff, doesn't he? Yes, he- but I think that is that that's the fatal blow. Yeah. Because they suddenly yeah. think, crikey, we've just done all this and we've just lost this territory. And, and there is something completely yeah. debilitating about losing the blood of your mates only to, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's one thing to gain the territory. To then lose it a couple of months later just seems careless. Even and though, so- even though you've in, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, materiel schlacht, you've actually inflicted quite a, a considerable blow to the enemy. It, I mean, it, it shows that actually... For all the talk of territory not mattering, it matters enormously if you're if you're thinking in terms of morale. If you go yes. forward forty miles and then you and then you go back forty five, it doesn't matter how many how, how hard you duff the enemy up in the process, it doesn't feel like you're winning. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, and I think because Tuca talks about, I mean, he talks about territory not mattering. People getting hung up on territory and getting hung hung up on locations. And what you've got to do is destroy the enemy's 
army rather than the territory. I think the problem is that that yeah, that intellectually that's absolutely right, but in terms of in terms of translation into the morale of your men, that's actually quite a hard sell. It's quite hard to make withdrawals not look like defeats. It's quite a it's quite a trick to pull, isn't it? To persuade it your persuade your men that um, actually. You know, uh, it, it, it's okay that we aren't holding the territory. We, we just spent weeks yes. fighting for. And I think the other point is is that within the Eighth Army, the hardcore of the Eighth Army have been at this for a year and a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've already they've already been across Sirenacre and yeah. back and yeah. forward and back. Yeah. So they've been back twice. And I think yeah. that's the problem by the spring of 1942. Yeah. Because obviously the people who've been there the longest are now the NCOs. They're the platoon sergeants. They're the yeah. they're the section commanders. Yeah. And they're the people who who are going to go uh, grumbling to the the new guys who arrive in. And that's how the contagion of morale dip starts to take take root, I think. Yeah. And so what consequently you've got this system where um by the beginning of of by by kind of April End of April 1942, you've got a standoff where everyone's a bit exhausted. Everyone's sort of waiting for resupplies to come up. Yeah. And so there is a kind of uneasy truce in the desert battle where nothing's really happening. But every, both sides are sort of building up for the next one. But what the British do is they've got this perfectly good solution, which is to retreat behind Tobruk because yeah. Tobruk has already been defended for nine months by not yeah. very many men. Yeah. And so what you've got is a port because it's got your back to the sea. So it means you can constantly be resupplied. Yeah. And what you can do is create the lines of Torres Vedras. You can create these defensive positions in a, in a uh, concentric rings around Tobruk with, you know, 180 degrees worth of circle with, you know, with the sea behind you. Yeah. And you can make it absolutely impregnable and everyone can stay there. And, and, and Rommel cannot go forward because, his lines will overextend, and he'll have to turn and deal with Tobruk. But yeah, but Richie, Rommel doesn't care about overextending his lines. I mean, this no, is no, but the, he would is, run out of steam, wouldn't he? No, he but would, this is one get... of the interesting one of the interesting things about you know um, we, 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 the last sort of few weeks we've talked about you know intelligent people arriving at stupid decisions. You know, intelligent people with all the information at their fingertips uh, arriving at decisions that are kind of unfathomable. And also, but also, very often, creating circumstances that their, you know, that their enemy will make make the most of, and un, un, unwittingly doing that, right? And this is a, a really good example of that. If any other general than Rommel, this this might work, right? But you're looking at a general who doesn't care about being overextended, who, um, if he can defeat you piecemeal, will happily do that. He won't try and encounter you sort of on a sort of peer to peer level. He'll, if he can, if he can direct all his force onto one part of your formation, which is what he, which is what he proceeds to do, doesn't he? And it, 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 is he, 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 he sort of nips bits off Eighth Army and deals with them separately. If you're dealing with a general who thinks like that, then the Gazala line plan is entirely. Is going to fail, whereas someone else with a different way of doing things, it might work perfectly well, and it might serve as a trap that the enemy feeds himself into. And then you can. Well, yes. Yeah, so we should explain what the Gazala line is. Yeah. So the Gazala line is instead of of Eighth Army falling in behind the uh, new lines of Torres Vedras around Tobruk, yeah. what they do is they're about fifteen miles to the west of Tobruk. Yeah. In a line extending north south from in the boxes. coast, in about boxes, about to forty miles. Yeah, and, and a box is so. What you do is you have a concentration of infantry in your box, and the box is surrounded by minefields, and and the gap between the next concentration of infantry, the next box, is linked by more minefields and wire. Yeah, 
And you've got it. So you've got the um, South Africans and Australians in the north. Then you've got the British, and then right at the bottom, you've got the Free French. Yeah. Um, you know, again, that's not much. That, that's not very sensible because uh, there's a sort of uneasy kind of alliance with the Free French. Yeah. After what happened to Mayor El Kabir and Dunkirk and all the rest of it, yeah. and they're out on a limb. And the problem with the box system and the line system is, of course, in the desert, it can always be outflanked. Yeah. Um, and that is exactly what Rommel does. On the 26th yeah. of May, he launches his attack, and he just yeah. goes round the bottom. So the Italian part of his army attack in the north, and yeah. it's a full frontal, whereas the Africa Corps skirts round the back and comes in round the back, where obviously yeah. it's not as well defended. Now, yeah. the British also don't just have everyone in boxes. They also have mobile units, including 7th Armoured Division. Yeah. And and the Armoured Division is sort of their – it's a mobile reserve – yeah. And should have sandwiched the Africa Corps between the two, between the boxes and the yeah. mobile Seven Farmer Division. Yeah. But it doesn't happen because all the all the different corps commanders and divisional commanders are all bickering of each other and they're really, really slow. Yeah. And so they don't respond quick enough. Well, and the, by the, the time so they have responded, it's too late. Speed and accuracy. Speed so, and accuracy. Um, so it, everything about the battle is is badly fought. The the line is a is a is an ill-conceived concept for the forces he's got and the commanders he's got. And their response to the situation in which they find themselves is absolutely abject. It is – I really think it's – It's. I, I don't think you can count Singapore because they barely fight and they've got ill-trained troops and they've got no kit, you know, so it sort of almost doesn't count. But, 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 but Gazala, they've got all the kit. They've got – they've got – amazing resources and, and there is absolutely no excuse for it whatsoever so for me that is the nadir of the british army in the yeah. second world war it's, it's appalling well i'll tell you what we're going to do we'll take a break while while you savor that thought ladies and gentlemen like a glass of fine red wine and uh, <laughs> swirl it around your brains and we'll be back in a second I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. 
In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to We Have Ways to Make You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. James Holland has just uh, done an on that bombshell for us there with the world, the worst moment of the British Army's, worst performance of the British Army in the Second World War. I'll tell you what we'll do before we resume the Battle of the Gazala line. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I mean, all this sunshine would be a timely reminder to those of you who are still without tickets for We Have Ways Fest, our summer festival taking place between Friday, July the 22nd to Sunday, July the 24th. Three days of war waffle, pre prime cuts as well. Um, uh, not one of those ground up burger type cuts for the finest uh, steak. Latest news is that um, uh, the We Have Ways modeling community are bringing their own gazebo to enable us to join the fruits of their labor. Fantastic. I love a gazebo. Um, I looked after a gazebo for a friend once because uh, he got divorced and we got given the gazebo, one of those fold up things. And I tried, I put it up and then I tried to take it down and it ended up going to the tip. So yeah. 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 That, that sort of... One shot, one shot device. <laughs> one shot erection. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Kit off 22 is currently being judged. A terrific amount of money has been raised for victims of the war in Ukraine. Um, well done, and thank you to everyone who took part. And some of the stuff is absolutely amazing. Um, that, a, a big thanks to Simon Red Five Models for organising that. We'll be announcing the winners soon, and there'll be tons of pictures on Twitter. For the festival, there's 40 speakers booked, 50-plus tanks and assorted military vehicles heading our way, and a wide selection of beers, including Upkeep Ale, that well-known beer, Horsa, and for the discerning, a splendid glass of Mulberry. For details on speakers, hardware, and how to get tickets, go to wehavewaysfest.co.uk. That's wehavewaysfest .co.uk um, advertisement ends. So, um, but let's also not forget that you can also have a point of um, jumping Jim Gavin and jumping Jim dustbin. Gavin. Yeah, and flying dustbin. I'm looking forward to. I, hope I had a flying, point of Wurm Muhammad. I, I think the, it's the flying dustbin I, I, that I'm, I'm most attracted to for some reason. I don't know why. It's not um, the taste; it's just the name. Exactly, exactly. So, um, it's the. Worst performance by the you think by British command in the in the in the Second World War? Bizarre. I think so. There's this amazing photograph that was taken by I think it was by Cecil Beaton, who yeah. was out there following it all, and um, and taking photographs. And there's a picture of Neil Ritchie, yeah. and, and let's just say Neil Ritchie was um, Auchinleck's chief of staff back at GHQ, yeah. and he's a major yeah. general, and he's hastily promoted to lieutenant general and yeah. pushed in as commander of the Eighth Army. And you yeah. can say, you know, Gertie can say what he likes about the orc and his, you know, his 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 brilliance on the battlefield. But as an admin yeah. man, he's pretty shocking. And, yeah. and this was not a good decision. Um, and the idea was, I've got such a big command, he can basically be my proxy commander out yeah. there. I'll do it, but but he can just feed stuff back and I'll just advise him. Um, uh, which is why, ultimately, Orkinet has to take responsibility for Gazala. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because he's designed it that way and it's failed abysmally. Yeah. And there's this picture taken by Cecil Beaton of, of, of Richie surrounded by his core commanders, all who hate each other's guts, have yeah. no respect for Richie because he's been promoted over and above them. Yeah. And he's sitting in the middle scratching his head. And yeah. it just says it all. I mean, it really, really does. And it it's it's Richie simply does not have the authority to kick these Commonwealth, these Duke 
commanders yeah. uh, and, and give them a kick up the arse and tell them to pull their finger out and bloody get a move on. So it's, it's people it's, like it's Lumsden, but, but isn't it's it? Not, and, it's and, not and, his and, style, though, is it? Because he's not his style. Rich is very then, lucky because he gets a second act, doesn't he? Yes, he comes as a core back commander. as a core commander and he does very well. And Richie really is a collaborative. Uh, uh, his style is sort of collaborative, collegiate, and all that. And if the people, if the people you're commanding don't engage in that style, you're screwed. Yes. You, 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 if 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 you're the whole way you do things is by is by arriving at essentially, you know, t- taking counsel of your commanders and then making decisions. If they won't engage in that, you're absolutely buggered. And I think that's what happens to Richie. I think I think. It, it, it's as much their fault as his, and and again, Definitely. we've talked about we've talked about this in the last few weeks about when people arrive at decisions. That you know, very, the guy in charge can only really very often make decisions based on what the guys he's commanding tell him and their ability to enact the stuff that 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 he's you know. You, you, when you're in Richie's position, you don't say we're going to do this and everyone jumps. You know, it's, what do you think your lads are capable of? And I think one of the interesting things here is, is that we talk about the state of morale in Eighth Army. How how across that is Richie? How much does Richie know within his within his grasp of what his men are actually capable of doing? Because one of the things that then happens at the end of nineteen forty two, and and you know, Tuca Tuca is very critical of the way the Alamein battles fought fought. But what's happening is Montgomery is trying to run a battle within the capabilities of 8th Army, having looked at what 8th Army is capable of and what it's not capable of and how the way to protect your men's morale is to not give them things that they can't do. Because if you give them things they can't do, it, it, it does for them morale-wise. And I think you've got that, you've got that sense that, I mean, I think, I think there is that sense that poor old Richie, like you say, his core commanders all hate each other. They hate him. They think he's overpromoted. You're immediately in a difficult situation there, and it's someone else's plan. So he's so he's in this he's in this really um, uh, unenviable position, isn't he? Yeah, completely. He is. He is. But it, but and that's why I'm I've always been quite critical of the orc because I think you yeah. know he he put him there. Uh, yeah. Put him in this invidious situation, and he he's totally incapable of gripping the situation. Yeah. And the problem is, I suppose, from Orkinet's point of view, you can't start sort of sacking people mid battle in the middle of yeah. it because it's it's all about the here and now. It's not about yeah. kind of in two days' time. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this bit from. So Tuka is sitting there twiddling his thumbs. He's got this yeah. highly trained fourth Indian division who are not really involved. Yeah. Yeah, uh, And so he goes, on 26th of May, I was sent up alone by air from yes. Cairo to the battle area with orders to assume command of the left flank of the army. That yeah. is to say, of the free French at Bir Hakim, 3rd Indian Motor Brigade, a few miles yeah. southeast of them, 7th yeah. Motor Brigade at Retma, 15 miles off east, yeah. 29th Indian Brigade at El Gubi, some 12 miles further east yeah. of Retma. These were, all of them, last man, last round posts. This was yeah. irony as I had always expressed my dislike of these static positions, and it was well known that it was my firm opinion that they should yeah. be put on wheels to operate offensively against Rommel, and so, whichever way he came, force him to divert a substantial number of his tanks to the protection of his lines of supply. Yeah. And, of course, that doesn't happen. And, yeah. it, and it turns into this... this there are the, the there's Knightsbridge, there's the yeah. Cauldron. The Cauldron yeah. is this sort of low, and it is very, very low, shallow hollow, Yeah, where... The German tanks should have been absolutely destroyed, but they yeah. end up doing exactly the opposite. Yeah, and this is because the buffer against the the the, the, the idea is is that the infantry boxes are the anvil. Yeah, seventh um, armor division is is the hammer, and it just doesn't work. 
because yeah. of the longer range of anti-tank guns, because yeah. because they just don't don't organize themselves quickly. And yeah. there is these moments where it is absolutely clear that what you need is to strike fast and strike hard. Yeah. And the British just don't do it. They just don't do it because of Differing because of well, fabbage, because and of because, just- and because the kit. I, I think that I think the anti tank gun is. This is actually a moment where the, the kit is as important as it possibly could be. And this is the thing Tuca keeps coming back to: is that is that you can make all the plans you like after all, but if you've not got an anti tank weapon that's going to do the job, you're you're again you're you're. You're screwed. And if you've not got an anti-tank weapon that's going to do the job, your men's morale will collapse. If they feel they aren't being properly equipped, if they feel they aren't being given the tools to do the job, well, they can't do the job. So they feel like no one cares. They feel like no one cares about them. They feel like they aren't, that that their command just just doesn't have their best interests at heart. And yet, yet you have a number of units who fight absolutely phenomenally well. well. well, this Such is as the South Knots Hussars, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, who are destroyed in the cauldron or at night, yeah. which I can't remember which one. Yeah. But, 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 you know, they're utterly destroyed. But they literally do fight to the last man. Yeah, yeah. There's no running away for them or hand-a-hocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's... It, I mean, if, if you get... But I would say to anybody, if you can get a hold of a copy of this, it's really amazing. Um, uh, uh, um, he... The, the, I mean, the stuff before Alamein is, this is an amazing <laughs> sentence, right? When we did eventually meet the Americans, we were impressed throughout by the way they always turn to machines, even to the designing of new machines, whenever the new problem presented itself in order to save manpower, sweat and blood. Yeah, there you are. What we page British, We British warriors, that's page 209. We British warriors have always relied on the man's skill to overcome our battlefield problems, a thoroughly foolish habit in an industrial world and age. Yeah. That's a great line, isn't it? The most glaring example of this was to match the 303 rifle Mad Minute against the German medium machine gun in 1914. Thereafter, to stick stubbornly to the bayonet and all it implied for the rifleman walking, bayonet fixed at the port into the spray of submachine guns with the optimistic intention of spiking the gunners. Was there more Was there more than an error? It was a crime. It was mass homicide. Never and never must we commit similar crimes. Yet today we watch our army hovering close to another folly, egged on to demand heavy conventional weapons on a model battlefield in a nuclear era. I mean, he's, he's, I think you could, one of the other things to this book, his tone, right, is you can see why Francis Tuca may have been sent out to command a series of last posts. It's like, (laughs) orculate thing, oh, for God's sake, he's in my ear again. Because he goes, he, he goes, he goes to Auchinleck and says, you should be out there fighting this battle. You should he be beg- doing this. This is what you he, want to be doing. He, be- he begs him to, he goes and pleads with him to go. And he won't, and obviously Auchinleck, I can't do that, you know. And it's like, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, it, th- there's all sorts of things going on in 94, in this first half of 1942, aren't there? There's the, the kit isn't up to the job because the terrain is different. You know, the two, the two pounder, is a perfectly good anti-tank gun if you're fighting in, in in Northwest Europe, isn't it? But they're not. The tanks are fine in temperate climbs, but they're not in temperate climbs. You know, they've been designed for again, all the gear's been designed for somewhere else. And they're although the German gear has all been designed for somewhere else, is the other the, the repository. But they but course. they've got they've got more three point seven inch anti aircraft guns in Egypt. Dan Rommel has in the entire Panzer. Yes, army. I know, but you know, anti-aircraft 
the, 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 that's that's very important, Jim. Anti aircraft. How, how many how many times the Luftwaffe are flying over Alexandria and Cairo? It, it, well, that precisely. That's the, the point. That's the point. That's the anti aircraft comes really good. It stopped them. <laughs> it's just painful. It's absolutely painful. But it's, I mean, this book is just full of great great liners, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> in war, it is wiser to use a hammer to swat a fly than a fly swat to hammer a hornet. <laughs> That's like Asterix in Britain. That's really that's a great quote. <laughs> your reign may be larger than my garden, but my pylum is stronger than your sternum. That is that is absolutely <laughs> that is absolutely um, like a t-shirt, isn't it? It's, it yeah, we've got to have that. I want that. <laughs> Can we get a Tuka t-shirt? I think so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the story the story at the end of where when um, uh, he takes von Armin's surrender is fantastic as well. Oh, isn't it good? It's yeah, so who, good. Who? Who basically is freaking out because there are Indian soldiers, um, uh, uh, you know, the Tuk is an Indian army formation, yeah. and Ar- and von Armin's like, I can't surrender to Indians, and and Tuk is like, you'll surrender to whoever, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not interested, mate. Yeah, and he, and he refuses to ta- shake his hand and all that kind exactly of stuff. Exactly, takes his pistol. Um, yeah. uh, it's um, um, it, it's just absolutely. It's well, absolutely- we, we have been talking for a long, and there's also that brilliant description of Nigel Nicholson. Yeah. Um, um, who is in the Coldstream Guards at the time? Or is he? No, yeah. Grenadier Guards. He's in the Grenadier Guards. Yeah. And it's after the Battle of Majerda, and it's yeah. near the end. And he's he's on a road, and suddenly, Field Marshal Alexander's car comes by. Yeah. And he stops, and he sees this dead Italian and a machine gun by the side of the road, yeah. and he gets out and kicks the machine gun into the ditch, then gets back into his car and drives off. It's just yeah. absolutely brilliant. But we're jumping the gun here because because obviously Tobruk then, you know, the whole Gazala yeah. line completely collapses. And once the Gazala yeah. line collapses, it's it's writing on the wall time for for um, for Tobruk. And, and units are just streaming back at this point. I mean, it is, yeah. you know, all cohesion has gone. Yeah. The British are just fleeing for their lives. Antebrook yeah. falls on the 21st of June when yeah. Churchill is in Washington having talks with Roosevelt. And it's this moment of <laughs> deep, deep, yes, dull is an understatement. <laughs> and, and what absolutely you say to him, I mean, the, the good thing is, and the, uh, this is why I've been very careful about saying, saying it's the British Army. It's not the British Armed Forces. The Navy yeah. is absolutely superb throughout in, in, in evacuating Tobruk. And, and yeah. the uh, and, and the evacuation of Tobruk from the port and everything is just brilliantly done by the Royal Navy, Mediterranean yeah. Fleet. But yeah. also, of course, it's the Desert Air Force. It's their coming of age moment. It's a moment yeah. where all those plans that have been laid by Tedder and by um, Arthur Cunningham in the autumn of 1941 absolutely reach their apogee um, with the leapfrogging, with the organisation of spares, with the organisation of how you actually structure your squadrons and your wings and all that kind of stuff. And they're just—they're able to to hammer the um, the the Panzer Army twenty four seven pretty much as they're trying to pursue Eighth Army in retreat, and it's and it's and it just completely holds them up and, and, and attrits them in a really really massive. Now way. that raises a question: um, the RAF, right? They've kept their best people in England, right? As far as they see it, haven't they? No, I, what, do you know what I mean? What, yes, except they're not. They're 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 the most useless but but that's the exactly my, no, no but this is my point the RAF thinks it's got our best chaps are in London we're keeping our best people in in, yeah, in, not, in, in, in England 
uh, and you know uh, our fighter command people are the absolute top of the shop and they're the people who won the battle of britain and they prove the point of the existence of the RAF why it's not why it, why it's separate from the army and why it does its own thing why does it get tangled up with the army and all that and the people in north africa are actually the people doing the sort of the 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 really important joining up that needs to happen yes and and are they regarded as the ref's best people or have they been sent to north africa because they need to be kept out of well i think i think when do, Tana, you, know what, do, when, do, do you see what do you see I, what i mean exactly what i mean yeah i do and i think when Tanner gets posted to to middle east command rf middle east i think he is he is considered a pretty top draw person Right. Okay. I, it's not. I think it's he not. Is. He's been given. It's not like no. Hugh Pugh Lloyd, where it's like send no. him to Malta. No, 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 no. Because don't forget, Hugh Pugh Lloyd is sent there quite early on, and and yeah. that's. That, I think still in maybe early 1941 or something, where they're yeah. they're still kind of floundering around. Um. But but Tedder goes out sort of mid 1941. But do you know what uh, I mean? Cunningham gets there in September, I think. Yeah. And I know exactly what you mean, uh, and I think the point is is that that is where the action's happening. Okay, they're yeah. doing rhubarbs and stuff across the channel. Yeah. They're doing channel sweeps or whatever, but not an awful lot is happening. And obviously, bomber commander is still sort of reeling from the butt report and is trying to get yeah. itself together. Uh, and in February 1942, um, uh, Harris takes over command of bomber command. Yeah. So that's that's sort of a work in progress. Yeah. But but in terms of the development of close air support and tactical air power, that's all happening in the Middle East. Yeah. And, and what happens over the next the next eight months, eight to nine months, is this honing of of, of power, air power as yeah. the Americans arrive. Because 8th Air Force has arrived in August 1942 into UK, yeah. and then most yeah. of it has been stripped out and sent to the Mediterranean for the North Af- for Operation Torch and so on. Yeah. And so you get the you get the the North African um, the Allied North African Tactical Air Force. Yeah. Um, which is the first tactical air force that's ever created by yeah. the Allies, and. And suddenly you've got all these right people in theatre. So you've got Jimmy Doolittle, you've got Tui Spots, you've got Larry Cooter, you've got Brereton, you've got Tedder, yeah. you've got um, Pete Casada, you've got yeah. um, and, and you've got John Slesser. All these guys who are all th- there is this this spirit of of we are pioneers. Yeah. We're all in this together. And so, isn't so, this this exciting? What, so what, that, what the possibilities are? That theatre benefits from like from being somewhere where ambitious people who want to do well. Know that they can know that they can thrash a thing out, and the, the, yeah. the money's basically the, the money's being spent there. So it's yeah. well, it, is, it is it is after yeah. Tobruk because what everyone yeah. realizes is, hang on a minute, yeah. a sending Spitfires to Malta has completely yeah. worked. There were the naysayers yeah. saying that yeah. doesn't because they first arrive in March and then decent numbers yeah. by the beginning of May. Yeah, and, and what their arrival coincides with the bugging out of the Luftwaffe from Sicily for yeah. obviously for operation for the Gazala operation. Yeah. You know, because the Luftwaffe doesn't have enough resources to be in two yeah, places yeah. at once. So yeah, you can't yeah. be in North Africa and in Sicily, pounding yeah. Malta. So they bug out. So so there were lots of people who were going, if you send Spitfires to to, to Malta, they won't work because yeah. they're too delicate, they're too far yeah. bred, and yeah, they'll yeah. get, you know, hammered by, by sand. And yeah. that doesn't happen. They've got Vokes filters and all the stuff. Yeah. Um, help it, helping sort of counteract that. Yeah. And so, and then there is, there is the role of the Desert Air Force in saving the bacon of 8th Air Force. And no yeah. one is denying that. No yeah. one denies that that, that that the reason that 8th Army gets back into some kind of order behind the Alamein yeah. line at the beginning yeah. of July 1942 yeah. is because the Desert Air Force has harried and hounded the pursuing Panzer Army yeah. with, with great skill um, and brilliance. And that's why they're able to get yeah. away. 
And everyone knows that. And everyone completely gets this sudden, this brilliant integration of air power with the land operation. And, and so think- huge amount of resources are thrown at it, and very effectively too. Um, and to give credit where credit's due, I mean, Monty is the first person having taken over command of 8th Army and then overseen Alam Halfer and then obviously the Second yeah. Battle of Alamein. He's the first to go, we couldn't have done it without the ARF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because because then you, when you get further east, that this stuff all isn't happening yet. You know, what's happening in Burma in 1942 is like – uh, uh, relentlessly poor, and 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 yeah. and another massive failure of of command. I mean, yep. it's it, it well. Really that's up- also another reason why um, Rommel is able to counterattack at the beginning yeah. of of nineteen forty two is because lots yeah. of supplies that were going to go to to the desert are being diverted to the Far East, yeah, 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 including yeah. a few Americans. But what? But what's hap- I mean, what's happening in in Burma at this period is entirely unedifying. It's, I mean, obviously by the by May the monsoon's starting, so things are things are sort of tailing. Yeah, nothing off. happens between May and November. It's all yeah, kind of yeah, time. yeah. But but I mean, it's really terrible. What, yeah. what you know what what the British Army's been through and the Indian Army's been through. Yes, in Burma and and. Again, there's no one there that the ambitious people haven't got hold of it yet, have they? The clever no. people haven't got hold of the situation yet. Well, there's a there's few s- out there. There's a few Slim out there. Slim isn't in a- the ascendancy yet. No. You know, is, no. is basically what it comes down to. Um, I think, I think we've, I think we've uh, kicked this ball around a fair bit. Um, I think we've got to come back to Francis Tuca. I might, what I might do is stick a chapter up on the Patreon because it's very entertaining. Well, I think that's a really good idea. But what I'm very keen to do, and we've been talking about it for a long time, is to do that. I think we should, do, you know, from time to time, I think it'd be really good to do real in-depth double whammy so two podcast studies of particular battles it might be a sea battle it might be an air battle it might be a a ground battle but i'm very keen to do majorda but i think we need to clear some stuff first out of the way okay you've got to finish touring i've got to get yes it's true the desert champion i'll do i'll do chapter 10 the desert championship third round that's what i'll do i'll record i'll record that at some point yeah i think that's lovely Um, good idea it's good very 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 um uh Tukery. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, everybody, thanks very much for listening. Um, get your um, uh, We Have Ways Fest tickets at wehavewaysfest.co.uk. We will, we will see you all again really soon. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Um, bye-bye. Cheerio.